Hey guys, welcome to Begging Boardcast, episode number 478. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 20th, 2022? Yeah, that's, that's the date. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're doing one of our top ten lists. It's been a little bit since we've done one of these. And Paul, how would you put this into words if you were, say, to write it out for every one of us to read? So yeah. we would know what we were talking about for this I, episode. I would say, you know, what early what the early aughts uh, character that got you got us back into comic books uh, has disappeared, hasn't gotten its due uh, in the past like now twenty years that uh, we've been reading, we've gotten back into comic books. So we're going to talk about those characters. I think we each uh, are bringing. Three, maybe with an honorable mention, uh, to the table, and we're going to create a top ten from that list. So yeah. there we go. And someone else we bring to the table every week is a special beer. Um, John, I was trying to match the styles of beer that you had, but right off the bat, like I couldn't find anything that jumped off the shelf at me. So what... What jumped into your car? Like, what did you bring to the table uh, tonight? So my first beer is going to be a Hell's Bach. This is a dry hopped lager, 6.9%. And this is coming from Von Trapp Brewing and Thin Man Brewing. And um, this is a nice take on a spring Bach beer. This is uh, this style that usually isn't spring should be a spring beer. Um, I know because of how breweries put stuff out, all your spring beers come out in January and are all gone by April because it's now the summer season. Uh, but this is an actual Hell's Bach that just came out. And this is nice. It's got a lot. It's like a... a Does it have like like a tea on it? Tea? No. Like a, a drink with... A drink with jam and bread? Because uh, you, you, you said it was by the, the, the Van Trap. Yeah. It, it brewery, actually... So the, I, they're, <laughs> they're descendants of those of the family. Yeah. Um, uh, sound of music, people. That was, that's music. what the reference oh. was. In case you were just... What, like, you're like Paul. Is like, I, I like know. Paul was like jumping in on it. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I, no, I thought he meant tea like in his... Like, is it tanny? Does it have like a tanny... As um, soon as you said Von Trapp, I was like, how can I work in something? Uh, Van Trapp, uh, last year, their um, Dunkel was one of my favorite beers of the year. Uh, I really like their their beers. They dr- brew traditional European beers. That's all they do is like German and Austrian style mm-hmm. beers. Um, and they have a lower drinking age over there, right? So it's like 16 going on 17. <laughs> Yes. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. This is, this is how Paul feels all the time. Yeah. 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 I like it. It's a good feeling. Uh, um, but yeah, Hell's Box, Spring Box, they usually have a goat on the picture. They The can has goats. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a nice beer. The dry hopping, I don't know what, what it's done, but it's kind of like a lager's imperial kind of a beer. Like, it's a little bit more... Um, 
It's a little more. It's a little bigger. It's uh, got a little more flavor to it. It's you can get a little bit of that alcohol to it. It's not a super crushing beer, but it's like, oh, it's starting to get warm out. Here's a beer that'll keep still keep you warm, but is also kind of crisp and clean. Hmm. Nice, interesting. Chris, you're drinking something that Paul and I drank uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, again, when my very first beer that I was going to look for was a Bach, and my beer store literally didn't have any Bachs that jumped off the shelves at me. Like it was all just kind of like standard import stuff, like nothing that sounded great or like Shiner Bach. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But then did you check like, just the front of the store, or did you check the Bach? <laughs> See, that's that's a Paul joke. That's that's a Paul joke. But uh, in my search, I found that my uh, beer store actually just got the Goose Island Beer Hug Sampler Pack that you guys had a couple weeks ago. Uh, I confirmed with Paul the order that you drank them in, which was an order of ABV. Going up. Going up. Elevating. I forget what we that called was the episode. The, that, that, that was, was it. The, that was it, yeah. Order um, of Escalation. <laughs> order of Escalation, that was it. So uh, I'm starting off with a 6.5% Secret Bear Hug. Beer Hug, excuse me. Uh, and this is a hazy IPA, and this isn't bad. Um, the fact that when I he- hear secret beer hug, it makes me think like this would be more like sessionable, but as Paul informed me, this is actually more like a rotating beer that they'll have in there. So the secret is like you never know which one you're going to get. Um, it's not a bad hazy IPA. Would I put it over like an all-day IPA, which is like my now go-to like base IPA? Probably not. But I'll tell you this. But it's not uh, bad. Like I believe that's the best one in the box. So I, I'll I'll let you know my thoughts. But this one, it's not bad. Um, for the pack, I was trying to do the math to figure it out because I couldn't actually find the price. I think this was about twenty dollars for the for the mixer pack. And I mean, based off of this, like if this is the best one, the other ones probably aren't going to be like great, but they're probably not going to be terrible. I remember one of them you didn't like. Was it the tropical one? You were like, ugh, bad, no. I think, I think it was the, I think it was the, 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 yeah, the tropical is the, what would be the third one? That's, uh, the tropical one's the 9.9, so that's going to be the final one. The third one's the neon. I think the neon was the one I liked the least. Gotcha. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how I feel about those, but Paul, how do you feel about your beer? Uh, I am still drinking out of that 15er pack from uh, Breckenridge Brewery, and uh, I'm drinking the Mountain Beach. This is their um, Session Sour. This is a uh, just full of guava, pineapple, and lime. I don't get much lime except for, you know, added tartness, so it's kind of like um hits with the pineapple up front, that guava. Guava has like a I don't know. I, I can't really pinpoint the flavor, but it's almost like a... It's like a weird, like, foot texture. It's almost like a textural thing, but it's not... It, but it's like if taste was also a texture, that's what I get from guava. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think I might be thinking about dragon fruit, because dragon fruit has, like, a distinct, like, foot okay. taste yeah. to me. I don't know. But maybe, um, yeah, I can maybe get that out of guava. This is only 5.4% alcohol by volume. But this is, yeah, it's a very tart yet refreshing sour. And it's a, most sours that I have are lower ABV. I know you can get some sours that are hot. 
big boys, but if I'm going to get a sour, I kind of want it to be a low ABV. Like, I go to sours looking for, you know, just something that's easy to drink. Something refreshing, crushable. Yeah. I can sip on it because it's tart or drink it fast because it's low ABV, and I'm fine either way. So, Yeah, I also tried to see if I could get that, but... They didn't have it at my beer store. It was sold out, and the closest store that had it was Jacksonville, which I'm, I'm not going to go. Nobody goes wants to go to Jacksonville. No. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's the beers, guys. That's the beers. And, uh, you have some exciting news and some sad news and some... Is it really news? News. So what do we <laughs> I, want to start with? Well, I don't know which one you mean for the is it really news news versus the exciting news. So, Paul, why don't you you take us down that path? Okay, so is it really news news is that uh, we got a 31-second trailer for a uh, ride for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. We, um, if you pay attention to the parks like uh, I know Chris does, he's known this ride was being built and uh, knew that James Gunn was shooting new scenes um, with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and this ride has been delayed for what? It's It's been it's, in the works for over two years now? Oh, much longer than that. It's oh. probably been closer to four because they did announce it a while ago um, but they shut down the Ellen's Energy Adventure ride that was in there back in like 2016, 2017 probably. I would have to like go back through my yeah. memories to find like my last ride through of it but I, yeah. I always forget that two years ago was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always go two years ago, like 2018. No, but we got an actual high-fidelity Guardians of the Galaxy, like, CG commercial hyping up this ride, which will be opening up May 27th, so the same day that you're actually going to be getting uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I already have my reservations for that day to go to Epcot to try to get on this day one of opening. Um, I'm hoping that maybe I can sneak in beforehand to one of the annual pass holder preview days because I did receive an email saying that preview days will be coming for pass holders, but nothing else after that to like register for it. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited to get into one of the parks opening day for a brand new attraction in hopes to get on that. And I'm, I'm prepared to stand in line to do it because I know it's going to be absolutely crazy, but it's, it's exciting as not just a Disney fan, but a fan of Marvel and these characters brought to life by James Gunn in the MCU. I think this is going to be a, a lot of fun. And based on the fidelity of like the CG in the, the commercial, yeah, they're going full bore on this. Like they want it to be as best representing those characters as they can have in the theme park. It's not like universal has it, with like the big cardboard cutouts on the side of a building. Like they want you to feel like you're in, you're in the Marvel universe. You're in a guardians of the galaxy, as we would say. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, I, I see when they had the mask on star Lord, uh, Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt's character. I'm like, Oh, can they not show Chris Pratt's face because of some weird marketing thing where, Oh, he can be in the ride, but he can't be used for marketing on the East Coast because of Velocicoaster. And he's like a big part of the marketing push for Velocicoaster. 
probably the Universal not. Studios. It's probably more a case of he filmed stuff for the ride, but they didn't film anything for the commercial, so they just have somebody dressed up as him asleep, mm. asleep at the wheel of this, the spaceship. And then the exciting news is another trailer, and this trailer was exciting. Uh, John just watched it right before we recorded, so maybe he wants to talk about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, and that is the Stranger Things uh, season four, which is this the last season or is there going to be a fifth season? Because I remember several years ago, it was like they were going to have like four, five, and six, and now I know they cut it back, right? Yeah. So season four is going to be in two parts, and then and I then think it does five. come back. Yeah, season okay. five is the finale. <clears throat> yeah, season four debuting May 27th, so the same day as Obi-Wan Kenobi, same day as Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And previously we had talked about how there was another trailer that came out for it, but I didn't actually watch it because at that point I, I went about it as follows. Well. Like, yeah, I already know I'm excited for this. I'm going to see it. Like, I don't need to watch any more trailers. Uh, but when I was at the comic book store today the trailer actually came out and someone put it on the TV that they had in the corner. So I just, I watched it cause I was there and Holy crap. Like there's a lot more going on this season than I knew about from like the first two trailers that we saw with like Hopper and like the Russian prison and them experimenting with the, oh, the upside down. Um, it, this looks crazy, like crazy weird horror, like more monsters uh, all, all the kids are like 30 now, which is crazy. <laughs> like, I, I know they've been aging, but holy crap, like, they, they shot up. The nerdy kid plays basketball now? Um, I really they're like They're gonna Lucas. go into a haunted house? Well, I think it's like, they're going their separate ways. As you're uh-huh. informed by the Journey song, everyone's kind of splintered and broken up, but, uh, it looks amazing. Like, I, I've always been excited for the next season of Stranger Things, but this one seems the most amped up of the seasons. Like, it's no longer just like, oh, small town spooky things happening. It's now full-on war against the Upside Down. You could say they, they, they brought a riser to it. They brought up Paul Riser. I didn't even recognize him in season three, so you know what? That's really cool. I like... They- they brought him back again, I, you know. What? I, I, Paul, would you say you were mad about him? Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say that it's, it's going to be one of those kind of nights, isn't it, boys? <laughs> yeah. Where you said you didn't recognize him, and he and I was going to say, well, he's mad about you, Chris. Uh, but, uh, no, it, it looks great. Um, again, May 27th, I already know I have that day off because I requested it off to go to uh, Epcot, so I'm going to have a full night. Going on. I really got like how uh, haunted house vibes, and I'm glad to see in the trailer that we see all the characters together because I think one of the major complaints of season three was how separated <coughs> everybody was. Like it was Steve with Dustin uh, and um, I can't Maya Hawk. What's her Robin? Robin, yeah. Uh, them together and you know the you know and everybody else was doing their own thing and then finally came together at the very end but only at the very very end so hopefully here like we're getting this whole you know voiceover with Paul Reiser saying no you need to go back because to Hawkins because you you got to be there we need you um, and this house looks like the classic 
haunted Amity house. Amityville horror, like haunted house, house of the dead with a weird bats flying around it. Yeah. Resident Evil, and then we got the big villain that looks like Nemesis from Resident yeah. Evil, except not as bulky, like like a Schvelt Nemesis. Yeah, it's a more like human enemy yeah. than we've had anything from like the Mind Flayer or the Demogorgon. Like it's now like given like human form. Like they've been learning from us over the years. Well, none of that. It looks like I, you could either see it's like he's got like spider legs behind him, or these tentacles going out. And weren't like when they were digging those holes, and in those holes, weren't there like tentacle viney things? It's always been with very map, like yeah. sinewy, like yeah. So it's like, oh man, is this that was him spreading out even farther? And uh, yeah, I'd like to see where it goes, but at the same time, it's like, man, do I have to go? I feel like I really need to sit down and rewatch all the shows again because it's been it's been I, so long. It's been so long. I don't think I need to rewatch the first season because that one's pretty straightforward. Like that one just hey, we got to go get our friend back. I think seasons 2 and 3 I definitely need to go back and dip my toes back into because it seems a lot more based on just what the upside down is and then what's going on with the Russians and their like digging into the upside down and like they're uh, experimenting with it, which was like the key point of like season three with like the secret base under the mall. Which I love season three. I really dug it. I'm just excited to watch that one again for the fun of it. Season two is the one where like Eleven goes off and tries to set up the backdoor pilot for the other, the other kids with powers that never came to anything. Um, two, I mean, two is obviously, I think the weakest of the shows because it has like too much going on. It's like the Iron Man two syndrome Mm -hmm. where they're trying to set up too much. Um, but yeah, like the show's great. Like I'm looking forward to it. That, that trailer, Chris, as you said, like that trailer's, it's fucking dope. Like, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's it's awesome. It it came up swinging and it. It got my attention. Like, after I saw it in the comic book store, I came home and I watched it again as I was doing laundry. Because I'm like, I gotta see what I didn't catch, like, watching it from across the store. Like, on, yeah. like, a, a propped-up TV in the corner. I got, yeah, I want to watch it on the on the, on the big screen versus I watched it, excuse me, on my phone. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Ooh, Johnny's a tired boy. Yeah. And the... Okay. Uh, Third and final news, the sad news, is, of course, the passing of uh, one of the most uh, a legendary voice actor and also comedian, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, I best known him, know him from uh, being Iago from Aladdin uh, and Af- also the, the voice Aflac of the Duck. Aflac Duck. Yep. Until he made a bad joke about, God, like, the tsunami, right? Yeah, it was something In like Japan. that. Yeah. Yeah, then he got uh, dropped. Apparently, yeah, he had, he had this ongoing heart condition, and he, he finally succumbed, 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 succumbed to the uh, to to complications with that, and um, yeah, it's rough. It's he was what sixty seven years old, sixty seven, and I would have sworn he was older than that. Oh, really? Really? I thought he always looked pretty, pretty lively, pretty, pretty young. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm yeah. surprised to hear he was that old. 
I mean, my my dad's seventy two, and I would say my father has more vit and vigor than. Gilbert I don't Godfrey. know when the last time I saw, like Gilbert Godfrey, like I don't think he's on anything. Done a lot of stuff outside of like maybe podcasts. I think he's probably someone that had like his own kind of thing going on. I, and I, I think I attribute that him being older is because he was an adult when I was a child. You know, like yeah, I'm a kid watching the um, the. Troublemaker Kid with the red hair. What were those movies called? Problem Child. Problem Child. Troublemaker Kid. Troublemaker uh, Kid. <laughs> um, you know, I'm watching those, and he's an adult in that. I forgot. I know I've seen, like, at least the first two of those. Was there another one? But I don't remember. They made more than one Problem Child? I think so. Uh, they made, I believe, two movies, and they tried to make a TV show. Oh. I don't know. Somebody I'm, doing I'm some gonna, research? I was going to say, I'm going to do some research on that. Uh, John, while I'm researching that, why don't you let me know about your next beer? Uh, so I am drinking from Big Ditch Brewing Company out of Buffalo, New York. And this is their beer that tastes like beer, and this is their Keller beer, German-style lager. And this is a nice beer. Uh, a Keller beer is a cellar beer. Uh, that's oh. what that stands for. Um, so this would be a beer that would be cellared and be coming out around this time. A Keller beer style also uses more yeast in it. So it has a little more of a stronger yeasty flavor. And it's not as... Um, Crisp, more more bready and less crisp of a lager, and uh, this is a nice beer that mm, tastes like a beer. Like the name says itself, it it tastes like a beer. Um, I did their Hell's Lager a couple episodes ago, and actually, I don't think I reviewed it on the show because I was like, eh, I don't like it that much. But this one uh, worth reviewing on the show. Nice. You know, that series seems to be very hit or miss. I know I had one, because he convinced me to pick it up. Uh, we had it on the show, and it was good. But yeah. I, I haven't gone back to picking up any more. They are, I'd say there's probably as many ones I disliked as I, di- as I liked. But that being said, it was a style of beer that I'm not in love with. So yeah. I'd go, yeah, that was a good versioner. Eh, they, I've had better... To do a Scotch ale, you know that you're up against some big, some big beers. So yeah, it was an okay Scotch ale. Also, the fact that their facility is still like in the size of a garage, and they're trying to make these lagered beers that take longer to make when they produce the number one selling craft beer in Buffalo on draft and in package. Like they're squeezing these beers out pretty regularly but maybe not giving them as much love as they could because their facility is so small and they're backed up. Mm-hmm. So, but Chris, the next, you, you, you really want to know about problem child. Thank you for throwing it back to me because it turns out there were only three movies and then there was two seasons of an animated series. And then in 2015, there was a direct to TV movie 
based off of the original Problem Child, uh, starring Matthew Lillard. Is he is he the I, grown up? You, I don't know why you're asking me. I think he's like the dad of the kid that is now the Problem Child. Well, now I have wait, questions. Wait, Matthew Lillard, the guy that played Shaggy in yes. the live action Scooby Doo. Yes, okay. also, and the, also the medium. In, uh, the medium in. No, he was also the medium in Thirteen in Ghosts. Thirteen Ghosts, one of the best movies ever. I, I just recently rewatched it. It's, it's it holds pretty up. Good, yeah, yeah, it yeah. holds up. I watched that for Halloween this past year, and I still love that movie. Um, but something that I'm not excited to talk about, <laughs> as much as I was the uh, Problem Child expanded universe, is I still don't understand why you used the word "only" in that sentence. There was only three. I, I thought there was more. I thought it was like an Airbuds type situation where they just kept making them because, like, you know. Did you see the trailer for the new Airbud? No. Where it's a freaking uh, well, alien dog? You're really excited about it. It's. I was like, what? If we There's still wrote Christmas specials, I think Problem Child Airbud would be. <laughs> Great combo. Would, would be the combo. Um, but the next one from the Goose Island. Uh, beer hug pack is the hazy beer hug uh 6.8 percent abv and somehow this isn't as big or flavorful as the secret beer hug but this has like a little bit higher abv i don't know it's just very ghosty um not great but for a fridge filler i don't mind it just there's not a lot to it it has a little bit of a hot cling on the middle of the tongue but Everything else just kind of fades away. I'm just left with like that little bit of like a bitter dancing across my tongue. Like, <sighs> not great. But Paul, do you have something better? Yeah. Uh, so this Michigan, so it would be like a Michigan J Frog kind of situation with Airbud and the Problem Child, where Airbud would be causing actual problems and chaos, and then the Problem Child would try to be like, oh. I can blame it on the dog. I can up the ante. And then nobody believes. You've never Air seen Bud. a Problem Child movie, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it would be the family adopting both the Problem Child and the Air Bud alien dog at the same time. And then the two of them fighting against each other. It's almost... Oh, Boss Baby like, 2. I was going to say a X versus Sever level conflict between the Airbud alien dog and the problem child. Mm. See, I think it should be somewhere in they get the dog and the dog's better than the child. And then the child tries to murder the dog and then try to become the dog. And then the dog comes back and has to, there's a battle. With. Didn't Michael Richards play like a serial killer in Problem Child? Yeah, am I? Yeah. Okay, I, I think so. It's been like thirty years since I've seen this movie. I could not remember what the actual plot. He of was, was like a big. He was like a cr- some type of crazy criminal. I do remember that because he could only be taken kid, down like, by an air dog. He wrote him all kid, those letters in prison. Yeah, the kid based and his he, look off like, of it with like yeah, the, the bow tie. Bow tie. Like, kind of want to see if Problem Child's on streaming for anything. John Ritter, Amy Yasmik, it's not a bad movie. Uh, Paul? You know what's not a bad beer? Is uh, Breckenridge is vanilla porter. This is uh, the 
this is the beer that convinced me to pick up the that's, 15 That's pack. the money beer. Like, that's the one, like, hey, yeah. I'm buying this pack. Worst case scenario, at least I'm getting the vanilla porter out of it. I get three vanilla porters. And it's yeah, just got a solid, nice, very smooth, not a rich, but a smooth vanilla flavor throughout. And then it hits you with the porter on the back end. But that vanilla lingers so much that it's a good mix of both that multi-porterness. Uh, not overly sm- it's not a smoke porter, but it's that multi kind of porter. So, and then they got that vanilla creaminess mixing in at the, on the back. So yeah, it's a it's still a very good beer. It's uh, only five point four percent ABV. So you know, there's I don't think there was anything other than that uh, that the double IPA that I had last week that was any it was a big boy and I think that was only seven percent. I can't remember. So there's so this is a good like just fridge filler that's there's nothing that's like really big uh, on the ABVs. Um all very drinkable. All very nice. Um all very enjoyable. It's I fifteen pack versus fifteen pack Probably going to still go with uh, the Southern Kier overpacked, but you know this is a good switch hit. You know, like if you just want something different, um, and you got I got some really different things out of this fifteen pack that I was really surprised with how much I like that um, drop drop pop uh, IPA. Um, I surprised how much I really enjoyed the Strawberry Sky uh, Kolsch beer. Um, Really enjoyed the sour as well. I thought that was a very good sour, and of course, in a little porter. So, so do you grab this pack again? Like, if you see it, like, it was there enough value and like enough stuff you like, like, yeah, to have it just like, oh, like watching TV, like playing it, board games, like just to have it. Yeah, I, I definitely think this could hit a rotation. Like, oh, it's been a while since I got that fifteener. I'll pick up another fifteener. Like, it. I think it's. I think value for money, it's it's in there. Um, yeah, it's a unfortunately, price. when it's unfortunately again with only getting three beers of each of the different varieties, it's kind of like you know if you have people over, it's hard to share that because there's only three of them. So if you have three beer drinkers, you're all getting just one yeah. of each variety. Then like, you, you run into some people getting like one of something, but then someone else can't try it. So yeah, mm. exactly. It's, so um, yeah, I, I, I like the pack. It is kind of like it's not quite bridge filler for me because of that reason. Like because it's not something that's you put in your fridge for when people come over and you can all kind of enjoy it. But it is in a sense like if you're if you were having a bit of a party. And think about like when you do, oh, yeah, yeah. like if, if you're having a party, stuff. everybody brings stuff. But this is a good like you got something for everybody in this yeah. beer. Oh, you don't like IPAs, you don't like strong beers. Here, have this amber. Oh, you like mm-hmm. a sour? Hey, here this this is a nice refreshing sour. Like mm-hmm. it is like a nice party pack. Yeah, in setting the cooler up for other people bringing stuff and having a variety. You have that in there. Second and third beer, <clears throat> them having the bringing those because, yeah, if somebody only likes the amber ale, 
there's only two more after they had that first one. And if anybody else wanted to try one, now there's, you know, but yeah, I see what you're saying, John. As long as it's to start the cooler, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. It, and I, I don't know about anyone else in there, out, out there who's listening, but like, Chris, Paul has a, Paul has a, his Christmas party every year. A lot of people, you know, you bring beers. Oh, I brought these. Hey, I brought this to share. Yeah. You know, like, but like a summer party, like if you brought that to like my dad's birthday party that he had over the summer, mm-hmm. like, you know that people can pick and choose in that and you should be fine to get what you want out of that pack. And even like the soup party we had, like, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, uh, cause me going through the Goose Island pack right now and hearing you talk about the Breckenridge one, it seems like the Breckenridge one seems like a better thing to bring to a gathering like that, though, because you can have that beer. They can like say to someone like, "Oh, have you have you tried that one?" Like, "Oh, I think there's another one in in the fridge." Like, go grab it before someone else. It's like there's yeah. nothing like that so far from the Goose Island one because I'm I just took a sip of the third one and the third one I'm like, "Okay, like this is better than the second, but it's like it's not great." And for a brewery like Goose Island known for like their IPA, like this is kind of kind of sad like they also had the voodoo ranger pack mm-hmm. i don't remember yeah. what it's called like but the the new belgium one and i thought about that when i was like no i can have the the beer hug one because the guys had that i probably would have just had a better drinking experience with the voodoo ranger pack because yeah, i knew those were at least going to be like solid beers everything here it's not even good enough to talk about which kind of kind of sucks when you said you'd already you'd already purchased it when you sent that test to us like you already did that and i was going to be like i don't think you listened to the show because we were impressed by it but i was like that's too late i don't want to rub salt in the wound because he's going to drink these later again 20 20 bucks for yeah it's for the pack like it's it's fine for for fridge filling like yeah i don't hate any of it but i'm like it's going to be stuff that I crack open while I'm doing meal prep. It's not going to be something mm-hmm. that I'm excited about. Like, if I'm sitting on my porch reading comics, like, it'll be something to keep me hydrated yeah. in in the humidity. Like, it's it's fine for that, but so far there's... N- it's something nothing. to drink, not yeah. something to enjoy. Exactly. I think and, out of the last couple months, the only person who's won with these variety packs is Paul with the Southern Tier 2X. Because how many times have you gone back for that? Three? Two? Twice. Just twice. But once for the show, and then once again after the show, because I was like, that was really good. The problem with both the Voodoo Ranger and the 2X, and also I think there's another pack out, it's that they're all, you know, unlike this Breckenridge, and what's good about this Breckenridge, and I think you guys have convinced me, is the Voodoo Ranger and the 2X are all IPAs. You know, yeah. They, yeah, there's a tropical and there's this, but it's all in that same, it's a very narrow window. Yep. This has a wide variety of things. Even the 15 pack from Southern Tier, 
it's live, which is a session IPA now. Um, New Haze. Uh, I don't school. think live is in that anymore. Oh, really? Okay. They don't make uh, live anymore. <laughs> live is dead? Live is dead. Uh, what is it? So New Haze, New School, whatever. The new, new I think it's, two, it's 2X, New Not Haze, yet. 8 Days a Week. Okay, which is their Blondale? Yeah. Um, I, I forget what else is in it. I, wa- I look at it every day, but I haven't drank it nor cared in years, so. Yeah. It's it's a decent bridge filler, but it is all very similar. You're not getting a porter and a, you know, it doesn't have, like, the, it doesn't have the a stout po- a in there. porter, a sour, an yeah. amber. It's, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, yeah. It's not the full breadth of what the brewery can do. It's just, it's more narrow. So, no, uh, so yeah, Breckenridge, 15er, I would recommend. It's nice. And Paul, what comic book would you recommend picking up this upcoming week, April 20th, as we head into I the think, list? I think last episode, it was a, uh, <laughs> what's up? I missed something. Oh, but, no, uh, Chris would be just, just very proud of himself. <laughs> he sent a, he, a good, Chris sent a picture in the in our in our our Facebook messenger together, and it, it made. Don't me worry, don't, don't worry about it. Now. We're we're recording okay. the episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, Batman, course. Superman, World's Finest. Uh, I think we we were all impressed with Mark Wade coming back to DC. We were all very happy with about it uh, last episode. So here we go. I'm going with uh, chapter two. Um, it's still going to be with Crazy Doom Patrol trying to save Superman from his weird red kryptonite, which now causes weird mutations within Superman, not just making him, uh, from what I learned from Smallville, which was... <laughs> sunglasses and a leather jacket. <laughs> and just not care about things. I don't care about your weird it's- sex cult. And gets married in Vegas. Uh, Alice, uh, Allison Mack. What, what's her is, character? Oh, Chloe Sullivan. Chloe, yeah. yeah. Man, of all the people, I thought would have turned out bad. Would have been her. Um, no, uh, John, you weren't on when we started talking about this, because this was kind of like in the pre-show chat. You uh, guys were talking more about... Uh, <laughs> uh, and Michael Rosenblum, actually, because, you know... He's great, great as Wally West. He is. Uh, I loved World's Finest. And actually, when I went to the comic book shop earlier, uh, I bought a physical copy of World's Ooh. Finest number one because it has this really cool uh, Stanley Lau, uh, Stephanie Brown, Kara Zorel cover. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to keep buying World's Finest. Like, it's a book that. I enjoyed enough that I want to keep seeing, and I hope they keep bringing up more weird like characters. I want to have it keeping that weird team up book, like that you don't know who's going to pop up in next. And we talked about this on the last episode, so check out four seventy seven if you want the full review. But this is a book that I'm okay with putting my money towards, and it was fun being in the comic book shop today because with how Comixology is working as Amazon now, I'm kind of leaning back towards like, well, maybe I just buy the actual comics because I'm not shopping for comics the same way as I did 
digitally. Like even today, mm-hmm. just when I was buying my books from like the past week, because there's some stuff that I missed and some stuff from the past month that I had forgotten came out. They don't make it easy to shop for the comics through Amazon or like the Kindle marketplace. And walking into my comic book store, I was just like, Oh, everything's right here. Like I can just look at the shelf and buy it. And they do subscription services. Like I could set up a box again. Like I could have a pull list. I could have a real physical version of the list boys. I don't know. It's, it's something that I'm asking myself now. And I wasn't ready to have that conversation with myself. Like so eight hours ago, I, I've been toying with this idea too. Well, you have this great big basement now <laughs> that you can so fill up with this, long boxes. This, this is this is the thing. So, <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to find comic book shops. I kind of found one that I was like, okay, this isn't too far. I could go here. I could grab my books. I could take. I'm off on Wednesdays. I can pack my son up, go there. Buy the couple books I want. Buy him some type of treat. But I just moved all my long boxes from from my basement, and I was like, and Caitlin was like, "My God, you and your comics! Like, you ever going to sell these?" And I'm like, most of them aren't worth anything. Let's see. Oh, this is something I figured we would talk about when we got into the main topic. They're probably not worth anything until they are. Because as someone that has moved multiple times to different states and has had to, like, purge stuff because it's just, like, I don't have room in, like, the moving truck. Like, oh, I moved to Florida and I don't have a job. Like, let me unload my comics just to, like, have grocery money. Like, yeah, I unloaded stuff in bulk. But now going back and looking at some of those issues now where it's like, oh, this random issue of something's like 50 bucks like holy crap i had that in like a long box that i just like unloaded to someone for like a hundred but i don't i don't want to go through the trouble of finding, finding out that one issue finding that one issue out of that long box and also i have a i'm a i'm a i'm a little i try not to be but i'm a little bit of a pack rat and I have a hard time getting rid of comic books, especially. I, I have no problem getting rid of anything. But with my current state of, like, it made sense buying comic books digitally because, like, we were all sharing books. And it helped. It was easy, especially once we all started, like, talking about the same book for the look back. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm buying bullshit number one, you it's better for you guys not to have to buy that because you could just sign to my account to read it. But now that we have to have like those kind of hard conversations of like, Oh, is this book worth us all paying like $3 for so we can talk about it. And sometimes it's fun to talk about a bad book, but do we really want to sink that much money into like something that's a fun discussion, but we're ultimately not going to enjoy and none of us are going to go back to again. It might be easier for me to swallow that cost on something if it's, like, physical. Uh, My problem, too, is, like, my stack of shame right now is right here. It's 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 in my it's in my phone. I don't don't worry about it. When I want to read something, I pull it up. I want to read it. Where 
the physical stack of shame would just keep getting bigger and bigger because I'd just keep buying stuff. The physical stack of shame, I think, put more onus on me to read the books than the digital. Because the digital isn't anywhere. So when I'm, like, doom-scrolling Twitter for the third time that day, I don't even think about opening up Comixology and, like, starting to read a comic book. Because I would have to take time to read that comic book. When I'm scrolling through Twitter, That's there's no I'm not using any time. For some weird reason, yeah, like so, checking social to be like checking Instagram, checking Twitter, checking my email, deleting emails, like I'm not using time there because like I'm not like making time to do it. It's just something that I'm doing in passing versus reading a comic book where uh, I want to make see, time for it. So if I had that physical thing, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to sit in my red chair here. And just start See, reading some I, books. Today, my wife took my son over to a friend's. They had a play date. I cleaned up the kitchen, and then I went out into my front porch in shorts and a long sleeve shirt, and sat in a sat in a rocking chair, on the and tree. I read a Batman comic book. And I thought about reading another one. And my dog started kind of whining at me, so we went inside, and I, and then I put something on. But like, I plan on sitting out there reading. And anytime, like, anytime it's been nice out in the evenings after my son's gone to bed, I've gone out there, and like that's where I read. Um, oh, what's the DC superhero that? Um, human target. Human target. Yeah, it was Human Target. Was it? It. Oh, um, when I was looking at books for the week, I was like, "Oh, holy crap!" Like Human Target has John been keeping up on it? Because I wanted to ask, like, has it I think I bought the second consistent? one, and then I was like, "I'd rather read this just as a trade." So I was waiting for the trade. But yeah. I sat out there. It was nighttime. I was able to read the book because it was on my phone. I didn't have to have a light on, and I could just sit in my rocking chair on my front porch and just read comics when I have a second. And that's kind of what my front porch has been at my new house. Obviously, November through January, February hasn't been like that great, but I've had a couple of those moments where I've, it's like, Hey, it's really nice out. I'm going to sit and sit and read. So I kind of like having the digital, but the physical, I'd love to have the physical, it's just, it takes up physical space. It does, and... Got all that basement. Yeah, the basement's going to be pretty full when like, all my mother-in-law's shit moves in. So, the comic book store that I go to here, uh, Coliseum of Comics in Orlando, every few months they have, like, warehouse sales, where it's like you literally go to the warehouse and they have, like, back issues, like, action figures trade paperbacks, like, just unmoved product that they just put on deep discount. And Yanni and I always go and, like, we'll just, like, pick up trades because it's, like, oh, it's, like, $4 for this random volume of Runaways. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'd like, I'd love to have that on my shelf. I'll go back and read it at some point. I've spent so much money on some of those trades just because it's, like, oh, I can put that in the collection. Oh, I'll have that on the shelf. Like, 
the Ed Brubaker, or not Ed Brubaker, um, the Matt Fraction Iron Fist. Like, that's one of the ones that I picked up at, like, the last, like, warehouse clean-out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I haven't read this in forever. Like, yeah. It's literally sitting in a stack on the floor in front of my bookcase. Like, I have not put any of that stuff actually even on my shelves yet. That's part of the problem with the physical, because like you said, like, everything else that I haven't read is living on my phone right now. Like, thousands of comic books right in here. It's it's a tough question, but I I don't know. Like, Like I said to Paul earlier, it felt good going into a comic book store yeah. and like grabbing yeah. a book. Yeah, it's an event again versus, yeah. oh man, I gotta buy those books because, you know, oh, I forgot. I gotta, because when you can do it at any time, you ne- you're never gonna do it. Like, versus like, oh, it's Wednesday if I wanna get the books that, I, because I never did a pull list. I always just had to go to the comic book store on a Wednesday to get the books that I wanted. Otherwise they could be sold out. Mm-hmm. So it was always an event and I would do it during work, you know, because I had an hour lunch break. Like it was good. You know, it was a good time. Like, and I would get most of my books read. Extendo, extendo luncho. But now extendo. Yeah. I would do an extendo luncho. It was, it worked. Now that's digital. Like I'm thinking about, I was thinking about that to actually, Yesterday or two days ago, like with our new, you know, list, you know, doing the list, I'm like, okay, at the very least, I'll be buying six comics every week. How quickly would that start filling up? And yeah. like, I would have to make space for, like, or I'm, not six every week. I mean, six a month, you know. And okay, that's that would stack up pretty quick, and that's why I'm going to stay digital. I I might just venture back into the space of I'm not buying everything physically, Mm -hmm. but those books and those characters that I like, maybe, maybe I do that by physically. Like it it was one thing when I was going to the comic book store and spending a hundred dollars a week. So they just get everything I was picking up. If I'm spending like $15 a week and, Four of that is at an actual store to like get something that I'm holding on to and then like keeping mm-hmm. like that, that might be okay. I don't know. I'm trying I to. On, I keep on buying digital comics as if it's like, oh, I'll buy the number one, try it, and then later on I'll buy the trade. And then I <clears> usually <throat> never end up buying the trade and I just forget about it because there's another number one to buy. Yeah. You know? So I need to be better at like, and I think us doing the list the way we're going to be doing it, where we're going to discuss it and like really have to enjoy it and really read the comic books. Um, I'll probably be more mindful of the, the comics that we, that I enjoy, even of the ones that I read from you guys and then be more excited about picking up those trades. Like when they come out. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what book are you looking forward to? <laughs> Has, it, it's only been you that's talking about your pick, right? Yeah. Oh my World's God. finest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was a hell of a tangent. <laughs> um, was not expecting that, but you know, it happens. That's live conversation. That's why we do this. That's why 
we're it's we're all friends. Great friends like, just talk. What happens? Um, much like I've been wrestling with buying some physical comics, a couple of the books that I actually have bought physical copies of have been from Boom Studios with their Magic the Gathering comics that are coming out. And we have a new number one coming out. This is Magic, the Hidden Planeswalker number one. And this is a new miniseries that's going to be focusing on Planeswalker Liliana Vess, like the mono-black necromancer Planeswalker, uh, as she's taken refuge on the plane of Strixhaven. And if you're not familiar with Strixhaven, uh, it's basically a multiversal plane that's a giant like magic school. So imagine like Hogwarts, except it's like a city planet. Uh, and she's a professor there. And when she comes back to Strixhaven, there's one of the evil planeswalkers that's kind of been like causing some havoc uh, there currently, too. And I love me some magic. I love me some comics. I have a few of like their variant covers for the Magic the Gathering series like hanging on my wall currently because I just think the art for it is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Regardless of me buying this actual book physically or digitally, there are like multiple covers for this that I would want to pick up just to have framed and put them up on my wall. So, yeah, uh, it's being written by Margaret Scott. She's done a bunch of other stuff that we've read recently that we've enjoyed. Uh, art by Fabiana Moscello, who I don't know, but uh, again, I love me some magic. And I feel like every month now I'm picking a magic book as something for the list because this is not one of my go-to titles. Like it's up there with stuff like radiant black or seven secrets or nightwing. Like I'm excited for the next issue coming out. And I think that's the most you can ask for as a comic book fan. <clears throat> John. Uh, yeah. So I'm got? picking up captain America number zero. And, uh, what sold me on this is the writers. And when I, Paul and I were talking about this, Paul's like, well, I don't know who those writers are. Well, Jack, Jackson Zant Lansing and Colin Kelly are the writers of Kang the Conqueror that Paul, both, uh, you and I really enjoyed. And, um, okay, let's see what they can do with Captain America because they make, they made me like Kang. Uh, let's see what they can do. And this mm -hmm. is um, Zola uh, launches a attack on New York City. Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Steve Rogers, Captain America, both show up, team up for the first time since, I think, in a duo since uh, Sam became Captain America, save the day and decide maybe we should continue to do this uh, partner thing again. And um, are there egos of who's Captain America right now going to um, going to get in the way? Who knows? We'll have to check it out in Captain America number zero. I hope not. I feel Steve like at Rogers this point, Steve can't, like <laughs> he can't have an ego about it. Like, well, maybe it's more exactly. Sam. Uh, but I don't know. Did you guys mm. notice when Chris was... Uh, talking about his comic book that I took a sip of my next beer and it was one of the most disgusting beers I've ever had. Uh, no, oh, but it's a, right it's up there. This is, I know we're probably, we do dramatic reading first, but this beer, this beer is so no, bad. That's fine. Uh, so this is fruit belt from Steelbound brewery out of Ellicottville. 
And this is supposed to be a lager with cherry, orange, and lemon peel. And this beer tasted like the worst medicine you would ever take. It, or an orange. lemon. Yeah, that seems like battery acid with a cherry cough syrup. Bad. Like, bad, bad. Like, I, if I could, if I could have spit it out, I would have spit it out. And I couldn't get the taste off of my tongue. I'm so sorry, and it also seemed to have ruined your door behind you. Oh, it's man. Like it's tore off the frame. It's not a hurricane, buddy. Only hurricanes tore the door off the frame. Uh, but, uh, Paul, did you have uh, a next beer? I do not have a next beer because I've had all five of the Breckenridge Fifteener uh, right now. I can kind of talk about mine then because I do have this one as well as one more um, before we actually head into the main topic. Uh, next one from the Goose Island Beer Hug Pack is the 7.0% Neon Beer Hug, which they just call IPA. Um, I wish they gave a little bit more information on their cans as to what they are brewed with. Like anything to kind of like give me some sort of delineation between like styles because so far at this point I've had two hazies. Now I have just like regular IPA. I'd like to know a little bit more. Um, luckily if you just go on to gooseisland.com it does kind of break it down for you but sometimes I don't want that much like research time if I'm picking up a beer. Like there's hops that I know I like. If you just have it on the can or the label like I'll, I'll buy that beer because I know I like that hop. Um, this one brewed with nugget, sultana, citra, mosaic, and eureka hops. And they called an electric bouquet of tropical and citrus flavors. Um, it's a little tropical on the nose, but I'm not really getting, like, <clears throat> I mean, there's a little bit there, but it fades really that- quick. That was the one that uh, I was sipping on, and then I picked up The Secret, because I had a little bit left in that, and I took a sip of The Secret, and I was like, oh, I guess now I'm getting those tropical flavors, and then I realized I was drinking the wrong beer. Hmm. Hmm. But I think I'm drinking the right beer this now. One's, this one's not bad, though. Um, I do think I like this one more than the, uh, what was the second one called? The Hazy beer hug. Um, the secret tastes more like a hazy IPA than the actual hazy hazy IPA. Um, this one I don't love, but I think this is my number two from the pack. Mm. Checks out. Uh, but I'm drinking from Millhouse uh, Brewing Company their cold one. This is a German Kolsch-style ale very light, easygoing, but this really nice sweet honey malt on it really makes you want to keep going back for more and more and more sips on it. Uh, really nice, only like four and a half percent. It's a it's a really good beer, better than that fruit belt that I thought might be good, and it was awful. Everything's coming up Millhouse now. 
They have a beer called that. What a, it's a one of my favorite Simpsons rot- moments. Rotating uh, fruit IPA, and it has it's a, it looks like a blue sky with the Simpsons kind of clouds, mm-hmm. and it's called Everything's Coming Up. Um, the in, you can't really see it, but the dryer at my apartment center's laundry uh, center wasn't working properly, so I have some stuff hang drying behind me. Uh, and the shirt right here behind my checkerboard button-up is actually a blue Simpsons cloud all-over print shirt. That uh, I'm, Paul, we'll talk later. I don't know how to dress for our universal day because I, I want to wear my Ravenclaw stuff, but I also have a bunch of Simpsons stuff. And, Paul, we're going to... We're gonna drink some Simpsons beers, just so you know. Oh, okay. That's that's gonna uh, happen. Kate w- w- was definitely leaning into doing more Hogwartsy stuff. She's wearing okay. her Cheers Witches shirt. I'm wearing my skeleton shirt. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I was thinking like wearing one of my multiple Ravenclaw shirts. Yanni's probably gonna wear her Luna Lovegood dress. There but, we go. But guys, we're we're not here to talk about Paul and I's vacation trip. We're here to talk about some comic books. <laughs> And that includes a dramatic reading. And now, dramatic reading from Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Promise, page 113, panel 3. Hey, Toph. Sorry to bug you during training, but something important just happened. That was a dramatic reading from Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Promise, page 113, Panel three, also a very I long did. title, almost as long as Hellboy and the BPRD, <laughs> the Curse of Chesbro House, from right. John last week. Um, nice. I do not have a good socket impression. That's all I know, it's, but I can't do impressions I see, anyways. I, I feel like Sokka's voice is just too like bare, bare bones. Like there's nothing about it. Is it He's just a likable guy. Like, there's nothing that's, yeah. like, stand out. There's nothing against this, the voice actor. That I like the him. tales from Bossing uh, Say when he's doing the uh, haikus. That's a good one. That's his moment to shine. Like, uh, more so in that moment than anywhere else does Sokka feel, like, in his element. Although, when he gets the, the meteorite sword, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. It's like the, like the warping this, on. The big thing, too, is he is traveling with the Avatar. He's traveling with Benders. And that dude's got a Frisbee stick. Like, he he fucking holds his own toe-to-toe. And, like, yeah, he's the goofball, the comic relief. But when push comes to shove, he, he walks to that line and says, you know, you, nah, you're not going to pass. I'm going to fuck you up with this Frisbee stick. The boomerang? <laughs> And he's, and it's, he constantly goes, boomerang! You know? It's, it's not like it's not it was, said like every episode. I thought it was fun to call it a frisbee stick. Frisbee stick. Uh, if you want to see that panel, go ahead, jump over to our Instagram. We're just at Bagging Board. Uh, see that panel and any of the other ones that we've brought to life in our dramatic reading right there. But let's get into our main topic, guys. Remember when we were first getting back into comic books? No, there was free comic book day because Spider-Man was coming out. The first one. Uh, And and that is what got Chris and I back into comic books. 
We were hanging out daily because that's what we yeah. did up until our up until our uh, early thirties. Uh, and oh, part of that, we part of that, tra- we lived together, so <laughs> we had, we had it to. easy. <laughs> we, we had to, uh, but we. Like, we were hanging out, and Spider-Man was coming out, and we started talking about comic books and started going to different comic book shops in our area. And then Chris said, like, the weekend that the weekend that Spider-Man comes out is also the first free comic book day. This, we should go to this comic book place, and that's the first time we went to Don's Atomic Comics. We went to, to two because we also went to Queen City comic books that day. Did we, we did. See, Queen City sucked so bad that I, I blocked it out of we my mind. We went there um, because that was, like, the first time that I ever went in there, and they had all of, like, the comic books, like, laid out on a table. It was, like, like a, like a folding yeah. table, like card table kind of type thing. Um, but, yeah, Don's, yeah. Don's is what... Sold it to me because, like, as soon as he walked in, he was like, "Welcome to Dazza Atomic Comics. Happy free comic and book he, day!" Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. And he he wasn't pretentious. He liked what he liked. He didn't push what he liked, but he did have like the wall of these are Don's favorite books. If you like them, you get this. If you dislike them, you can return it, and I'll I'll accept it. If you give me a good reason why, and um, it, I mean that was our that was our comic book shop for years and yeah. years and years, and um, as soon as like when that place was closing is right when we all kind of shifted to digital. I I um, think I had already left by the time yeah. I closed. Yeah, it wasn't it it was shortly after that, but he was also having. Issues. Issues. Um, But, like, that is... Walking into that place and feeling like, this is my shop. And that shop was, like, 30 to 40 minutes away from my house. Like, (laughs) it it was pretty big, like, to make that big of a drive to just go buy your, your funny books. But that place, like, made it, and that's where I really cut my teeth as a comic book buyer, because I had subscriptions to Spider-Man growing up and some X-Men books, and I would go to the gas station before I used to go. I used to go for, um, like, I had a reading tutor because I had a reading problem when I was a kid. Still kind of do. But I used to go, and instead of buying, like, books that I wasn't interested in reading... I would buy comic books and then take them to my reading tutor and read those. So comic books have always been huge. And then when I got older, I was like, I can't let people know I'm a nerd. They'll make fun of me. And then once I got out of high school and I was hanging out with Chris Roy all the time, I was like, well, everybody knows we're nerds. Let's really dig in deep. We also leaned into it. Like, we we were super nerdy, but... We were like the cool nerds. <laughs> to who? Each other? To each other, but to also the other nerds. Like, we were the... <laughs> we were the, like, the goal. That's <laughs> one of the other nerds. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't believe so. 
I, I don't I don't want to name names, but we were friends with like super nerds that were like, oh, we get, oh yeah, I we mean, get to we, be friends with Chris and Shot, and like, <laughs> we're in. <laughs> get to? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you guys always ask why you're friends with me. I still don't get it. But anyway. because we're the cool nerds, like <laughs> hey, we're the cool nerds. <laughs> um, but no, that's. <laughs> It's so different now. Like the pendulum has definitely swung in the opposite direction because now, like nerd culture is so cool. Like Marvel movies are multi, like million, almost billion dollar franchises, and like you know, we were there on the ground floor, and like that's exciting. And some of that stuff that we loved and what got us back into comic books just hasn't had that time in the sun yet. Maybe it's tried. But. Yeah, I you know your your nerd cred works when friends of your friends of yours call you to say my son has this sticker of a superhero or this book they look like this who are they and then I go uh, this? Can you send me a picture? And they're like, yeah. And then they send a picture, and I'm like, oh, that's this person. And my wife does that, too. She'll be like, Daddy, uh, Grayson's got a question for you. And he's like, oh, green, blue cape. I'm like, Martian Manhunter, bud. <laughs> like, yeah, so some of that stuff, <laughs> some of that stuff works out to help other parents with kids. And now your own kids. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, I read The Hobbit to my son every night. Like, <laughs> let's, but let's get down to brass tacks. We're here to do a top ten. So, who wants to start us off? What character that we got back into the comic books with that we were excited to see grow hasn't gotten in its due yet? Uh, I'm going to jump in just because I don't want anybody else to take my boy. Um... Because okay. I feel like it's a character that we all know and love, and he's had his dalliances in the sun, but then he's instantly forgotten shortly after. And this was one of my grabs when I actually went to the comic book store today. It was the, the premiere appearance of Mr. Kyle Rayner mm. as the Green Lantern. Um, I have that book, too. Yeah. I, I have this book. And I sold it when I unloaded everything in a, in a flurry of eBay and uh, in-person selling at comic book stores. But I don't, I don't mind having to buy this book again because I love me some Green Lantern. And Kyle Rayner has always been my Green Lantern. And I think DC's done a good job with making all the different Green Lanterns feel special in their own way and given them their time to shine. But like I said, they give them their time to shine, and then after that, it's like, well, now we don't know what to do with him because we have so many Green Lanterns. Uh, Hal Jordan's back in the book. And that's kind of like what we've been running into, and it's almost cyclical because every couple years, it seems like some other writer's like, hey, guys, there's such a great history and mythology to the Green Lantern franchise we need to make this matter again. And then they tell, like, the Green Lantern story to end all Green Lantern stories. And it reinvigorates the whole franchise. And everybody gets their time to shine. 
And then after that, they're like, what do we do with Jessica Cruz and Guy Gardner now? Because where are we at? And they come out with a book. They'll be on, like, some side title. And then it ends because something else is happening. Kyle is my constant just, I see he's in something. I instantly get excited. And then that book doesn't (laughs) sell. And it goes away. And then you have to wait for that next, like, the pulling and pushing of the tide for them to be like, oh, hey, people like Green Lantern. Okay. Kyle Rayner book again. And it's, it's, it's tough, nothing, guys. Nothing beats Green Lantern Corps. Good cop, bad cop, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner. I have a page from it on my wall. Like, that, one of my all-time It's one of those books. great runs, and then Green Lantern at the same time is also awesome. Yeah, like, Ky- Kyle was great, and... Kyle was basically kind of our Green Lantern. Like, I was always a Hale guy because I knew of Hale before Kyle. But I read a lot of... I probably read a lot more Kyle stuff before Rebirth than Hale stuff. And that that was my Green Lantern. I mean, I grew up watching like the Super Friends cartoon, so... They never talk about secret identities on that. That was very much the Hal Jordan, like, Green Lantern. It wasn't until I started picking up comic books at the supermarket or at the gas station off the spinner rack that it kind of became clear to me, like, oh, no, there's an actual person that is the Green Lantern. And that was right when the time where Hal was going crazy, Parallax, Death of Superman... And that was also, like, my formulative comic book years. And I've just always had that pull towards him as my my Green Lantern. And I'm so thankful for the time that I've gotten to spend with him because it ebbs and flows. It comes and goes. It's it's tough. And I'm, I love me Green Lantern. Like, as a franchise, like, it's my probably favorite comic book corner of the DC universe. Like if everything, Oh, if everything else in the DC universe disappeared and I could keep green lantern, I would probably be happy. Yeah. I would probably, I would probably prefer like the Batman family because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of characters. I also love in that, but it's between those two. Like if everything else went away, I'd still be good. I would still read DC comics. Um, and it's just hard when your favorite character isn't really even on the radar. Uh, and if I can piggyback on that, Chris, with my next pick. Paul, pa- Paul will, you, will you allow the piggyback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah, this piggy- is kind of a Paul piggy- piggy- uh, yeah. Well, he can, if he does, if he goes last, then he picks the number the number one for the thing. Yeah. Uh, the next one, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're going Kyle Rayner, I have to go Wally West, and Wally West mm-hmm. is my Flash. Wally West was the Flash longer than Barry Allen was the Flash, and it was Jeff Johns' run that 
made Wally my Flash. I picked up a Gorilla Garad when the Garad had all the gorillas attacking the city, and that's when... Try, try and steal yeah. gold? You should steal his gold. Yeah. And that's when, like, Detective Zolomon got injured and then wants Barry to help heal him and use the cosmic thing. And then he turns into Zoom. And then it's like, whoa, what is going on? Like, all of a sudden, I'm a Flash fan because I randomly picked up this Gorilla Garad book. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Jeff Johns writing The Rogues is one of my favorite things. And, yeah, no, I love Wally West Flash, but I love Captain Cold. I love Mirror Master. I love Weather Wizard. So much so, last month, Uh, I bought The Rogues book because I was like, shit, The Rogues down and out at the end of their game? Yeah, give it to me. I like how... Jeff Johns, I mean, Flash was always kind of a legacy character, but Jeff Johns really leaned into it where it's like, yes, there were other characters before. There's characters now. There will be characters in the future. Like Everyone should have their time to shine. And he did the exact same thing with the rogues, too. Like The rogues were also the star of those books. Like Even Jesse James, the trickster, like going straight and there was like the new like like yeah. punk kid trickster stepping in the role and like yeah, yeah. just like James being like pissed off at this kid's like, no, you don't you don't have any of the panache, you just got the gimmick. Like mm-hmm. let, let me show you how to be a trickster. Like I really loved all of that. And it seemed during that time That's what it was such a That's when D C like, was one on one issue game. So yeah, like you get okay, you get the the top arc, and then after that you get like a really kick ass like weather wizard story, and and then you get what the what was the magician dude's name? Alakazam. Alakazam. Like it was going all over the place, but everything just felt right, and it wasn't playing into some bigger continuity story. It was just Wally West running through his day. And it it worked, and much like that, like yeah, Wally was my absolutely flash. my flash. He, and I was so excited when they were bringing him back, kind of into the the spotlight after uh, Flash. What whatever came out of Flashpoint, it was, like was it Rebirth? It, it was yeah, Rebirth, uh, and then uh, the point. The point is, they call it, but they've treated it, this it character. Like, we're gonna make the Flash ca- treated matter. this character like shit for years. Flashes matter, and then they got rid of all of the Flashes except for Barry Allen because they were going into some other big crossover after that, and it didn't seem like the right hand knew what. The and then they brought him doing. back to be the killer in uh... Identity, not Identity Crisis. What was it called? Yeah. Um, Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't mind that PTSD. book. I, I liked it, though. I like that book. Yeah. But it, it was such a weird point where they were trying to move forward, but they didn't know what to do with the characters. It was very painful. It was very painful. And then I, I love Wally West. 
I bought my son a Flash costume. He plays the Flash. He runs around, and I'm Captain Cold, and I throw a blanket on him, and if I hit him with the blanket, he's frozen. And then he's got to shake his molecular structure to get through it. And then uh, we watched the Lego Flash with Zoom, and then he said, okay, I'm Red Flash, you're Yellow Flash. And he's like, buddy, you don't want me to be Yellow... You're like, sorry, I was I gotta like, kill your mom You don't now. want me to be Yellow Flash. And he's like, no, you're Yellow Flash. So then I just beat the shit out of the kid. Uh, <laughs> and he got really... He's, he's got, got a He's got a letter. I'm a better it's hero. Making him I gotta a make him a better hero. hero. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, like, uh, Wally West is my Flash. My friend Max... My first day at my new store where I took over the beer shop, he walked through the doors with a Star Labs sweatshirt on. And I went, ah, Star Labs, man, cool. And he's like, oh, you're a Flash fan? And I was like, yeah. He's like, who's your Flash? And I was like, Wally West? And he's like, me too. I thought you were going to say Barry Allen because of the TV show. And I was like, no, Wally's my boy. And he's like, okay, we're best friends now. Like, he took out his wallet. He's got a flash wallet mm-hmm. with a big, like, big metal <laughs> metal flash lightning bolt on it. It's like, isn't that uncomfortable to sit on? He's like, yeah, but it's a flash wallet, so I don't care. So, like, Wally West, mm-hmm. at, a, at 30, 34 years old, uh, made, me a new, <laughs> made me a new friend for life, you know? Wow, who, who you got? All right, uh, I'm going to go with the. I kind of want to throw uh, th- throw this character Ooh. get some uh, Marvel love in here. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going, going with, Marvel. Well, on Chris's my next number one is going to be Tim Drake. So. Okay, so yeah, probably <laughs> <laughs> true. Okay, so I'll save my Marvel one because my Marvel one is my number one. I'll, I'll save this. I'll do, do this one uh, because we kind of talked about it. Uh, this is a character that we got introduced that had a great change and we were expecting a lot from uh, as we read the comic book series uh, of 52 and it's Renee Montoya oh. becoming the oh question. yeah okay wow good it's it's like man I was so excited to see what happens with that with you know being a legacy character that was so upset that their mentor yeah. died you know Vic Sage and like then trying to live up to that legacy, which was a kind of a bruised legacy, anyways, because Joke. the question was the punchline. Just, like, yeah, he was kind of out there. Like, so, and here's Renee Montoya, who was this just Gotham City beat cop that was introduced in Batman the animated series that then to made Gotham her way Central. over to. Uh, yeah, through Gotham Central and the and two comics. Yep. Much like Harley Quinn, you know, got introduced in Batman in the animated series. And, man, Harley Quinn is everywhere now. Yeah. Everywhere. Yet, Renee Montoya, the question showed up in at the event Leviathan, and I was excited about that. But she was, like, and she wasn't in it. She wasn't the question. She, she wasn't... wasn't what she became when, like, yeah. the crime Bible was going to be a book, and then she appeared in the the, the, yeah. the Batwoman series, which I don't think, yeah, and As I a mean, she, well, she was she was in those books too, 
But again, like, even, like, Batwoman was something that, like, seemed like it was going to be so huge, and then... Yeah, yeah. she's she's an honorable man. And really, it's the... the yeah. The writer and artist on that on that the, book that made that book, I think. Yeah, it was it was the Greg Rucka, Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams uh, yeah. uh, on Batwoman. Yeah, and then yeah, with and Greg Rucka, we never got. I mean, he's he's the yeah. deciding factor that made her the question. You know, yeah. Greg Rucka was the Bat Daddy. Like when he was working in that corner of the DC <laughs> University. Everything was so good. Like everything was clicking. Like between that, yeah. Uh, There's he, there is some sort of weird gravity around Batman, though. Where if he can't escape that, you, you need to reach some sort of weird escape velocity to get away from Batman, so you can actually become. Yeah, but your if own you get too far away, and, and then you just shoot out. And I think that's what happened with the the Batwoman book is. She got too far away from the Bat universe that they weren't showing her in Bat books, yeah. so people just stopped reading it. And then when J.H. Williams III left that book and was no longer doing that, those amazing art in that book, yeah, it suffered. And uh, yeah, and the question never really took off outside of the fifty-two, like. I know she, she she had appearances and everything, but man, it well, was. I think a lot of that too was because she was so focal because it was that year without the yeah. Trinity. Like mm-hmm. they got to kind of focus on those. I don't want to say lesser because it sounds so reductive to them when we're talking about how much we love them, but you know, like the question. Booster Gold. Like, everybody kind of had their time to uh, shine. I really like Starfire and, you know, Captain Adam and... Or, yeah. Know, Captain Adam. Yeah, Captain Adam and... Um, uh, I was almost going to say Captain Strange. Adam Strange. Adam Strange. Yeah, no, I, I knew exactly where you were going. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, Animal Man, them out there. Um, you know, uh, so I, I had to... I'm like, okay, I can only pick one character from 52. I wanted to pick a whole... Like, my list could have been just, like, all the characters from 52. I couldn't pick Animal Man because I think he had a great run coming out of the new 52. Yeah. With uh, Scott yeah, Snyder. Yeah, you love that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think he appeared since then. But the question, Renee Montoya hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Just hasn't. Are they back to having Vic Sage being the question, too? Yes. Okay. I, well, we read that. We Vic read that Sage has awful shown up as well. question book, which I think was yeah. written by Greg Rucka, wasn't it? Uh, oh, awful. I don't awful recall. Book. I don't remember. Look it up. And uh, while you're looking it up, do we want to do next beer or do we want to do next? Character? I'm out of beers. Okay. I'm out of beers. Um, well, then I'll just talk about my beer real quick just to get us through it while you're looking into that. Because the final beer from the Goose Island Beer Hug Pack is the 9.9% ABV Tropical Beer Hug. And this one I actually do kind of like more uh, than the third one from the set. <clears throat> have to pick it up. Um, oh, that was the Hazy Can. Crap. The, uh, the Neon Beer Hug. Oh. Um, I think this would be my number two. No, it was, Sorry, I, was, it was Jeff Lemire that wrote that question. What's Jeff? Hmm. 
Gotcha. Um, I don't know. This one definitely does have like a much more, I don't want to say abrasive in a bad way, but it's like a mouth assault. Like I'm getting like a nice malt off of it. I'm getting more of the tropical hops than I would get from like the neon, which boasted that it had that like fruit, citrus, tropical hop to it. Um, again, $20 for this mixer pack. I think it's fine as fruit trailers, but there's just nothing worth celebrating out of it. It's all fine to drink, but I, I think my favorite beer was the uh, the Secret, which is yeah, like the, the rotating. The first one was my favorite beer. Yeah. It set the bar. It set the it's, bar. A, a, it set a middling bar, and when the rest of the beers can't past that and see when you said that at the beginning I was like oh no I think I'll I'll find something else redeeming <laughs> and I kind of wrote off your opinion um, and I apologize for that because yeah it I, I like the tropical one but not enough if I saw it on tap somewhere I'd be like oh yeah let me get one of those like, it's none of this hit in, in that way like it, this is below bargatory level. Like it's it's fine, not not great. You know what was great? The Brad Meltzer run on Justice League. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, starting in two thousand six, there's two places <laughs> I think you're going to go right now. Yeah, there's so many. Um, because there was there's characters that were introduced in here or reintroduced in such a great way. Um, and I'm going to go with another legacy. You know what? I'm going to do it, and because it's it scratches that itch of um the weird love triangle, and so I'm going to go with Red Arrow. Okay, I was going to say you're in still in like two of the people that I was considering, and that was one See, of them. I, yes. I, I yeah, uh, I feel like Red Arrow has gotten his Red Arrow. love and some good due to the he's gotten some. He's been done dirty, though. The rise and fall of Red Arrow. The, the, Red Hood, Red Hood, and the, the Outlaws. Like he okay. was the star of his own, like of a of a book. <clears throat> the thing that I miss from this is that love triangle, though, of him with Hawker. Hawker like, was the second Arrow one, and Hawker. that was who else I thought you could have picked, <laughs> and and them like completely. Yeah, that's yeah. even earlier. I mean, it's when he's ar- Arsenal, but I mean, the, uh, I'm not. I'm not. E- yeah, this yeah. is your pick. But, I, I, okay, I, you. No, you. You want me to go Hawkgirl? I'll go. Hawk I Girl, honestly but, think Hawkgirl like, is the is the one because because that's that's why we're here. It's a top ten list. We got to make a Bagden board top ten list of characters in the aughts that have been done dirty and have not been given their due. And if we're gonna go, if I, I was, I was picking, I was picking Red Arrow because I just was so disgusted with what they did with the Rise and Falls of Arsenal or whatever. It was called. Yeah, but Rise I, I don't. Yeah. I almost feel like that was out of continuity because he was he was rebooted in um, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and then he jumped into another book right after he was in. He was in a Titans book too, or yeah, he was in a Titans book yeah. after that. Like he's 
But he was rebooted, and we never got that character from the Brad Meltzer run again. No, I agree with I that. think the closest we got was when they had the... Like, the Roy Harper story in the Green Arrow 80th anniversary. Yeah. Like, that was the closest, but that was also, like, 15 years after. But, and we also haven't gotten that same Hawkgirl yeah. since then either. I think she showed, did she even show up in the Savage Hawkman that we read? I don't think or, so. Like, has, where has she appeared? Okay, so let's I think, go with Hawkgirl. I, well, I think both of these characters are worth talking yeah. about, just in the way you presented it with that Red Meltzer Justice League, because I, they both... We, if we each I, bring... I could have picked if, four if, different characters from that run. If Red Hood, uh, Red Tornado, Vixen. I was going to yeah, say Vixen, would, Vixen was, like, would be my... That would be my third one. And then both uh, Red Arrow and and uh, Hawkgirl. The only reason I went with Red Red Arrow was because I was so angry about the, those Arsenal books yeah. that they were big. Like this it was hyped up. It was, it was a banner that was on other comic books. If like, we're doing yeah. a top ten list and each of us are bringing three, we need one more. Roy mm-hmm. Harper, Hawk Girl. Yeah. Let's go. Let's take it. Okay, that's yeah. our that's our that's I, I our, our, our extra one. Let's go. I agree because I did like that. That version of Shaira was like, I don't know who you are, Carl. Like, you keep bursting through walls being like, my love, we're destined. It's like, I don't know you. I'm with this dude in red with the bow and arrow. Like, leave me alone. I Dude, I hate that now uh, people that are, like, looking for money say, hey, I know you. Like, that's how they, that's the thing. they start the conversation. Yeah, here in Buffalo, at least, like. As when I'm going in and out of store, like if I'm working uh, and I'm coming in and out of the store, hey, I know you. And then you say, oh, how do you know me? And they're like, oh, I know, I know you, ma'am. I know you, ma'am. And then once they get close, hey, you got, can I get a dollar? It's Ooh, like, I, I would have been clever with it. Like, I know you. You're that guy that's going to give me a dollar. <laughs> yeah, basically. Money, please. That's what it basically is. You sh- oh, what you should say worst. is like, wait. When I was killing those guys in the park, are you the guy that escaped? <laughs> were you the guy that was just masturbating under the tree? <laughs> when I was doing that, when I was part of that bukkake, you were the guy to the right of me, right? You're crying, right? <laughs> Weird turn. Anyways, Roy Harper. I've drank a lot of beer. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, John, go ahead. No, I next one. Well, I, I oh, let's, like, let's talk Hawk. We, yeah. we got to talk Hawk. Girl. We had a good pick. We're not trying to get away from it. We're just at that point. We're, we're just saying dis- dumb shit. We're having the discussion. Like we haven't talked Hawk. Like let's go Hawk Girl. Are you I done? Think we talked we did? Hawk Girl. We yeah. did it all. Yeah, we talked Hawk Girl. Like yeah, I, everything I could say mm-hmm. for Red Arrow in the Brad Meltzer run can be said about Hawk Girl, except. Hawkgirl hasn't really shown up anywhere. Like, so she was she hasn't been done dirty. She's just kind of been forgotten, like put to the wayside. Which is crazy because in the early aughts, she was the Hawk person on the Justice League cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Even thinking back to that time, because I was buying the Hawkman comic because it was being written by Jeff Johns. Art was by Rags Morales, and it was kind of jumping between. 
like Hawkman and Hawkgirl throughout their history. And I didn't have any kind of like resonance with that character until the Brad Meltzer Justice League stuff. Um, so I think it's a great pick for both of these characters out of one run. And then even like the ancillary uh, Vixen and Red Tornado, because it was definitely more focusing on those. Okay, I feel bad saying like lesser tier, but those other characters that really didn't have a showcase. Like it wasn't something, there wasn't anywhere else for them to show up and have a presence. And I think Justice League did a great job for those characters, especially not spinning out of, but. Brad Meltzer coming off of something like Identity Crisis, where he got a chance to like shine the light on characters like Elongated Man. Like, he could play in that corner of the DC Universe with those lesser-known characters that he didn't really care about, but he knew just enough of them to make you care. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it gets followed it up by like Identity Crisis, and then... 52 where you're following a bereaved um a bereaved Ralph Digby who's like I got the <laughs> I got the helmet of Dr. Fate I got this but it's all a ruse with another wizard that I figured out because I'm a great detective and you know Felix Faust fuck you I'm gonna wreck you let's bring it like and that was the thing. It's like, man, you followed those up with like that character, and I was like, man, this is great. What are they going to do with it? And then they, again, they do nothing. Uh, yeah, it wasn't something that was on my radar when I was plotting and planning this, but I guess the uh, unsung and like tertiary level, like honorable mention characters would probably be Ralph and Sue Dibney as ghost detectives because they kind yeah, of yeah, even after the yeah. They kind of were set up as like, "Hey, we're we're together now. We're both dead. Let's let's all this mystery." And then nothing. Yeah, Paul, was that when I held my hand up? That was recognition for what I was going to say, but I'm not going to say it because yeah. it upsets you. Thank you. I, I picked up my pen to take out, just take it right out of the episode. We <laughs> <laughs> did. Uh, and there's. There's ca- there's characters in stories outside of the the big two that are characters that it's like I'd love to see more things with them, but when we really get to the meat and bones of this, those characters because they were the small series and that writer told those stories yeah. about them, they're they're over. And there might be play of like, oh, they're supposed to get a movie or they're supposed to do this. And it it hurts them to be like, oh, you know, like, I'd like to see this character go or I'd like to see this character do this. But I'm going to throw one out because when they tried to make a TV show of it, they did it dirty. And this is going to be... Yeah, that's exactly what this list is all about. This is going to be Detective Walker and Detective Pilgrim oh. from Powers. Powers. Because that it was such a great series. And again, like, this, this is 
This did it get an actual series or was it like a weird anime? No, it was a. No, it, it was, was an actual was, series. It was an actual series with big actors in it. What was it on? I never PlayStation even got to see it. Network. <laughs> so the future of entertainment. The future entertainment streaming. Uh, but you have to pay your fifty dollars a year to be able to watch it. But this is Brian Michael Bendis, the biggest name coming out of Marvel Comics. You know, and this is both this yeah. is pre him being a huge hit at Marvels and continuing on when he was at Marvels because it went from Image Comics to Icon, Icon, which was a independent comic book part of Marvel, so they had all of his books under their mm-hmm. umbrella. Um, but Powers, two detectives in a world with superheroes solving crimes with the one detective formerly being a superhero. And, yeah, like, great, great series. Um, Michael Oming on art. Like, it, everything fit and worked and was per- like. Brian Michael Bendis had written Torso and Fish and uh, Jinx. Yeah, Jinx. Leading up to this, his, you're like his website was called Jinx World. Like, yeah, that was it. Like him doing gritty stories was like, oh yeah. And Paul Paul's made fun of us on the podcast because Chris and I were such huge Brian Michael Bendis guys. And then once he started really getting into Marvel, we fell off of him because Brian M- Michael Bendis was writing 10 books a month and not all of them are going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Powers was phenomenal. And they were done dirty when they got the chance for a TV show. And it will never get optioned again because of the bizarre streaming that it went on, it never, you can't find it anywhere. You can't find it anywhere to watch it. So even though they made a season of the show, you can't, you can't get it anywhere. And that's, I have, I have to say the opposite of that, of that happening is Stargirl, who would have made the list. But, you know, she's on CW and I think the show is, I don't think it's a great show, but I it's think a, it's decent It's enough. a pretty good show, though. I didn't watch it. Unfortunately, I tried to watch it after Kate and I watched uh, WandaVision. And then after seeing WandaVision and then going to the CW, like... Yeah, no, you need to watch... It was like you, It's when it you get into your little bad. round where you're watching yeah. Flash, Paul, when you're like, mm-hmm. I like The Flash. I watch. I'll watch a season of The Flash. Yeah. Then you throw on Stargirl, and yeah. you're like... Hey, this is the same production value in world, and it's great. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's my powers. That's a no, good. This that's is a, a good. Problem. That's a great pick, and it's a book that I honestly forgot about, and I forgot that they did the show. Um, but when I got up and walked away, it was to grab my sketchbook that I have because I actually have a Michael Avon Oming sketch of Retro Girl because. <laughs> It, you know, I I Tra- love this trade book. number one. It, it was fantastic, and I forgot that they did that show. Now I'm kind of like, 
Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind checking it out. Just I don't think you can find it anywhere, because I've looked, like, twice. I don't even think... I think I downloaded and, quote-unquote, bought the first episode. So I have it on my PlayStation. But I don't think you can watch it anywhere else. That's I don't so think weird, it exists. because years ago, on my 80-gig iPod that I had, I was able to download... I can't remember... The name of the show now. It had the guy from Dawson's Creek, the guy that played Denethor, Warehouse 13. Yeah. I was able to download that for free off of iTunes. And now anytime I sign into anything using my Apple ID, it's like, hey, you have the show. You want to download it? And it's like, no, I, I don't. I forgot about that. No. Um, Remember when the Xbox 360 came with uh, Justice League Unlimited uh, for the man who has everything? I don't. On the hard drive? Yeah. You could watch it. That just seems like something yeah, I would buy that, anyways, though. So. Just that one episode was on there. Weird. Anyways, I mean... You can buy I, the entire series for fourteen ninety nine on Prime Video. Uh, maybe Movie Fix coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But it wasn't thing's... good. It wasn't good because they they changed uh, they changed the the characters around. Like he wasn't a superhero. And oh it, no, okay, ooh, yeah. Like, that was like the, that was the hook for the character because he didn't know that going into it, and it was revealed throughout the series. Like that's why he has that reverence and that kind of like lamentation for these characters being killed off. Like he he used to be one of them before he went straight. Yeah. Anyways, uh, my next character is one of my all-time favorite, not just X-Men, but Marvel characters. Uh, During the time that we got back into comics, it didn't seem like they really knew what to do with him. Uh, And then they ultimately killed him off. But then in the Jason Aaron, Wolverine, and the X-Men, we got them going on the hunt for Nightcrawler. And in our current Marvel or X-Men universe, I cannot tell you if Nightcrawler exists, if he's someone that matters. John's getting up. He's running into the other room. I guarantee you he's going to get the framed, like, painting of Nightcrawler he has. Um, But Nightcrawler's always just been one of my, like, go-to X-Men. And when we've done any of our, like, team-building exercises, and I have to put together a team of X-Men... Nightcrawler would be on that team just because I love Kurt Wagner so much. Even before, like, X2 came out and you had that opening scene with just Nightcrawler teleporting around the old office. With Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming is awesome. Like, so cool. Uh, I love me some Nightcrawler. And I, I bank a lot of this just on my initial introduction to the character being the X-Men six-player arcade game and playing as Nightcrawler and seeing him, like, zip across the screen. Nightcrawler's always just been, like, the epitome of cool. In my X-Men ranking, it goes Gambit, Psylocke, then Nightcrawler. Like, oh, he's out there. Like, he's Mm -hmm. he's awesome. And I feel like he's just a character that has fallen off 
the list and the page so much because they are dealing with such a big cast of characters that how do you do something with it? Because they've already done so much just exploring him as a character and like, you know, the monster, the devil, like the priests, like they've done a lot with him. And it seems like the last vestige of like, how do we do something fun with him is going on that search for Nightcrawler and having him be like the pirate captain in that Jason Aaron arc. There hasn't been anything else with him since then. This made me like, oh yeah, I'll get me some Nightcrawler. And that, that hurts. Like, He's such a fun, great character. Like, everybody loves yeah. the fuzzy elf. Like, where is he now? He's having a crisis of conscience about Krakoa constantly resurrecting people. Because he's like, well, this, where's our, does our soul come back to? Because he constantly bounces through hell. Like, so he, there's a weird story arc that he's trying to explore that. He's like having weird, a crisis of confidence because of it in the... New X-Men. So John's back. He put his headphones back in. Are you looking for your painting of Nightcrawler? Oh, I wasn't, but it's right here. I have it right here. No, you, you don't have it's to get beautiful. it. I know you it's have a beautiful it. Picture. I know you have it. You bought it for me. <laughs> he, he's gone, and he left again. All right. Oh, he's taking his right. pants off. Oh, hey. <laughs> All right, so we Andy got... Lee. Andy Lee watercolor. Oh, it's so beautiful. And then he just put his fingers in the paint and made the bamf out of all his fingerprints. Uh, I could, right, if, so if he had a fingerprint ID thing, I could probably break in because I have them all. So I picked two. John, have you picked two yet? I picked two. Chris, that, that was my two. number two, yeah. So, John, do you want to go with uh, your number three? Uh, yes. So we'll go John, Chris, and then me. And this is, this is, this is a tough one, but I'm going to say Shazam. And here's the thing is, you, it's so hard to get a good book that's just Shazam. They have to, all of a sudden now, he's got seven brothers and sisters that are now all sharing the powers. It's Mary not just Billy, Mary, and um, uh, Don't I can't think of his name. Me, John, come on. Fre- Fre- Freddy? I did not. I mimicked Freddy. I'm, su- I'm surprised now they have all the... I good. feel like I've read like, a decent amount of Shazam stuff, but like not enough to like have... We enjoyed the Judd Winnick Trials of Shazam. Yeah. Uh, Shazam and the Jeff Smith. Yeah. Shazam yeah. and the uh, Mo- tr- Captain Marvel and the like, League of Monsters or something. I can't remember what it was yeah. called. Yeah. The Monster Society. Yeah. yeah. There's been some great ones. Um, even when they were doing the the bubble, where the, the bubble was going over all the different oh, worlds. Okay. And then it was like it was. the 19... 19- the 1940s one, and he had Tawny Tiger, and he was like, gee, Convergent, mm-hmm. gee, Willikers, oh boy, I'm going to beat him, it's Dr. Sylvia. Like, there are great 
Shazam stories that just aren't being told because it's like you got to add more. And even the Shazam movie, as mm-hmm. much as I enjoyed the Shazam movie, when all of his siblings were then all Shazam mm-hmm. had all the powers, I was like, I can't just have a Shazam movie. He's got to share everything with everyone else. I, I just want Billy Batson Shazam, and I can't get it. And even when like Shazam mm-hmm. became the Wizard Shazam, and he was locked, and he was in the white suit, and then Freddy became mm-hmm. Shazam. Yeah, and try. That didn't even stick. That that, yeah. that didn't even stick around, and that was. That was good. That was Freddy going like, I've been the sidekick and now I'm becoming the superhero, which is what DC is about. You know, those sidekicks stepping up into those mantles. And I I just, I just want a good Shazam book. And I know we're getting a sequel movie, but it's going to be him and all his siblings. Well, I'm going to have to do this right now because uh, Chris wants to take a quick break. I'm going with uh, he knew it was coming. 2008 had X Factor come back, but not an X Factor book that you know I was expecting. <laughs> it was a series directly pointed at Jamie Madrox, the Multiple Man. Uh, this series was great. It made me buy X Factor books for way too long. <laughs> I still, still, I still buying them. There was, a, yep. there was a multiple man miniseries that came out that we read the first issue of. It was okay. Forgot about it until I actually was making this list this week. And I'm like, oh, I should go back and buy the rest of that. <laughs> rest of that. Hey, pineapple Schaffenhofer. Nice. <laughs> I was detecting an open one. <laughs> Oh, I got it. All right, so we're recording till midnight, everybody. Um, Two-hour episode, let's keep going. We, this is uh, what we do. Jamie Madrox, The Multiple Man. This was so good. It was... He, he In this point, he just didn't know what to do with his life anymore. He was able to, with all his dupes, like, have all these memories and just knowledge. So he goes on to, like, a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? wins a million dollars and just like sends out dupes to just try things like, Hey, just do stuff. Come back. I absorb you. Now I have the talents. Go become a chef at a restaurant, become a valet driver, you know, do whatever. And, uh, then he becomes a private investigator to, to solve mysteries in the Marvel universe, which was great because it was like, Private detective, actual private detective stuff, which is like, hey, I think my husband's having a psychic affair with, you know, with a uh, another telepath because there's, you know, mutants and everything. That was also during it's the time so of, fun. like, the No More Mutants, and you had, like... It was before, right before. Wasn't that, like... No, because that was, was, like, be- the 198. Like, that was... No, uh, that happens after X Factor Madrox, and then the series keeps on going. X Factor keeps on going after House of M. Layla Miller then shows up, who has powers, but you don't know her power, and it's her power is resurrection, and then suddenly is able to restore other people. The whole thing, yeah, it's a whole thing, and that's why 
it's been done dirty because it gets so crazy with all the constant crossovers it, that's constantly happened. It was a great book. It should have been its own thing, just out of continuity. Just let it be. And, but never, and it just constantly had a crossover. That's the hard thing about the X-Books because so many of them need to be something in continuity mm-hmm. and lead into some bigger X story. Because even, okay, I had like the time frames wrong because Bishop was almost one of my picks this because I remember him being like a big deal as like the private investigator after House of M and I I placed that in the same time frame as Madrox but wasn't but now Bishop's also in like well I haven't been keeping up on it but like he was in Marauders and the Red, the Red Bishop, or something. He shows up here or there. Like, there's the X books are weird right now, and <laughs> I feel like I need to sit down and just read all of them back to back to back to back to back to back, or the Wikipedia page and just to catch up. Just to know. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, is this is pre Marvel realizing these characters need to be grounded. Like that's our big thing with. Like, that Hawkeye, Matt Fraction Hawkeye, was, like, what set the bar and went, oh, yeah, we can tell these stories. We can tell this story where it's, like, a grounded version of this. We can do it with um, Howard the Duck. We can do it with this character. We can tell these grounded stories where this is a book that grounded. Yes, we're mutants. Yes, we're doing detective stories. But we don't need to be caught up in every single X-Men thing because we've made fun of you, Paul, for the entirety of this podcast yeah. because it would be uh, my pick for the list is uh, X-Factor. This is when it's getting good. Oh, I thought, well, because I thought I would last week up was the X- when it was getting good. Like, no, that was still part of the crossover where huh. the Red Jane came in and she took everybody to hell and these characters shouldn't have gone to hell, but they were in hell, and now they're back, and now it's going to be good. And they're like, oh, okay. How was it? Uh, they didn't have time to get good because they got pulled into the blue and gold. <laughs> next. Six, you know. Yeah. Because that's... I constantly picked up the one after the crossover was done. Because you figured it was going to be a good jumping on point. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that it was going to get back to its book. And no, it was always setting up the next crossover event. But it was all written by Peter, Peter David. David. I felt... And like, he just was collecting checks. But, you know, good for him, because that guy has written some great books. All right, Chris, your, your last one, and then we have to put these characters in order? Yep. Um, I... I feel bad because you called me out for it. Um, <laughs> I'm t- surprised that Crimson didn't make the list. Well, that... That's the, the, the like, Alex when, when John was saying all his stuff about powers, I was like, Crimson! Yeah, but <laughs> no, that, Crimson that had like its, its own story. It like, ran yeah, as its own series, it. and they didn't try to make it something else and ruin it. Mm. Yeah, but they also haven't 
done. They haven't done a television series about it. They haven't done a movie, you know. And I felt since it's like was, I, I felt like that would should have been like when when Underworld was huge. <laughs> like it's um, a vampire I'm, book. I'm okay like, with Crimson yeah. being what it was at that time because I can still pick that book up, read it, and enjoy right. it. And there's nothing that came after that kind of soured the experience because mm-hmm. I, I like you said like, it's yeah it's not like Harry Potter with Fantastic Beasts they could they could have done something else that would have taken it a path that I didn't like but I could still probably look back on the original but um I'm just saying I don't I feel like it hasn't gotten its due but it hasn't been done already either yeah, so it's, maybe that's good it's it's standalone it's Aerosmith like it was a book that was done it existed as it was, and you know, here we are now, sixteen years later, and we're getting Aerosmith. You know, maybe we'll get more Crimson at some point. Like, I would check it out. Um, but my pick, yeah, I, I feel uh, targeted. But Tim Drake, guys, <laughs> he's not targeted. We just didn't put him on the list because we knew you would. <laughs> Hey, I, DC, I, I threw my list Ka- together Ka- 30 seconds uh, Kyle Rayner recording. has had his time to shine, and they've tried to do something different with them. And DC has tried to do the same thing for Tim Drake. But I feel we're at the point now in the Batman continuity where he has kind of been swallowed up just amongst all the other Robins that he doesn't have... In identity. He wasn't the first Robin. He's not Batman's son. He's not the bad Robin. He's not who was once the girl Robin. He's just the smart kid that was Robin. And it's kind of led to a crisis of identity for him. And he had his time to shine in Detective Comics, which was a great run. But it was coming out like every other week and I kind of fell off it. So I can't speak too much onto where he went in that book. But I do know it went to a point where it was revealed he was never actually Robin, and he was only a Red Robin, and then he abandoned that identity and he became Drake, which is weird because why would you pick your last name as your superhero <laughs> moniker? I I don't know. I can't speak anything of it. Um, but even more recently, when we picked up Robin's number one like five months ago, for the look back. Wasn't a well written book to begin with, but there's nothing to separate Tim from anybody else in that book. And he he's an all star. Like he is, he's my, my Robin. Rob- he's my Robin. Same thing. Like he's my Robin because when I started reading the Batman books by going to my local library and picking up whatever trade paperbacks they had, <laughs> Tim Drake was Robin at that point. Jason Todd was dead. And then we had Dick Grayson as Nightwing because he had already aged up. He was he was past that point now. And that's always going to be how I look at like the Bat family because Tim Tim Drake is Robin. And I've progressed with it. Like I loved the Red Robin series. I have a Red Robin page um, from Marcus to like I just I love Tim Drake. Uh, and I, I I 100% agree. I love Tim Drake. Tim Drake is my Robin, and when he 
elevated and became Red Robin, I was like, yeah, this is Nightwing, this is Red Robin. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is where we need to take this character in a direction because he is loved. He is somebody's character that they will follow. And then when you just get to a point and just keep rebooting him down and making him like, well, he's the smart one. He's the detective. He's tech savvy. Let's give him all the tech. He's the smart guy. He's making new computers. And like the remodels they've they've done and he's got like He's got the red, but he's got the black, and it's more feathered again. And then he's got the... He doesn't have just the the figure eight domino, domino yeah. thing. He's got the... It wraps around, and he looks like Condor now from DC. And it... They just can't figure out what to do with them. But it's like... DC has gotten so far away from being legacy characters that it should just be he matured up. This is his story now. Mm-hmm. Continue on from those stories of him with Stephanie Brown and how that progressed and how he kept going. Like, just keep that trajectory going up. But the fact that we just got the Nightwing that we all like really fell in love with kind of back in the comics, you can only hope that I it's... don't want to have to wait ten years secular, to get Tim Drake book, though. But no, it should only be another year or two, right? Because we were reading that Drake mm-hmm. and that Grayson book together. I have to say, when they brought back Barbara Gordon to be Batgirl again, that seemed to be the opening for Tim Drake to step into that more Oracle role. Mm-hmm. Like the person that was making the contacts that was having, because he had Dodge, you know, he had uh, street snitches, you know, that he had, you know, going for him. He had contacts. He has a tech savvy. He has a detective brain. Like, why didn't he step up and become the new, like, to fill in for that for that spot, that void that Oracle left when Oracle became Batgirl again? Because at that point, they made up some ben, other bullshit character to be Oracle. Well, yeah, yeah, the uh, from the twins, and then they had the, that girl uh, just become Oracle again. Yeah. So it's and also Batgirl. And also. I think DC's still trying to struggle with like, what's the most iconic representation of these characters, mm-hmm. and it, it's difficult for a legacy character like. Tim Drake, who's Robin, and then became Red Robin, which is still technically a Robin. So he's he's still Robin. I'm going to blame Damien, because I don't think I, I don't Damien should never come back to life. I, I, Damien I was like, designed I do like to Damien, die. But I like Damien should have as... I like Damien as that addition to the Bat family, where it's that need to prove himself, because he is the kid, uh, like, the new kid on the block. Like, he has to prove himself in amongst like Tim, Jason, and Dick. Like But no. Damien was <clears throat> by, Dick by Grant he's Robin. Yeah, he's I, I agree. He's Dick Grayson's Robin. Dick Rock and the reason why Dick Grayson can never become Batman is because Robin dies. His Robin dies. 
and he can never become Batman because Batman will always need a Robin. And since Dick Grayson can't get over the fact that his Robin died, like, I think, you know, it serves so many story points for Damien to die and stay dead. And it's also Bruce Wayne not being able to protect his own son and his son being used as the ultimate weapon, which is to be dead. You're, so you're, you're saying no, they I'm never saying, should have I'm gone no to, to oh. they never should have gone to Apocalypse. They never should have brought him back from the dead with that cow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's not Chris. What so, what are you and I both drinking? So John and I both popped open from Schoferhofer their juicy pineapple Hefeweizen, and Paul's getting up to walk away. Um, I love me some Schoferhofer. Like they're just base grapefruit beer is just such a treat. And then they've done various iterations of it, and I just got to see the pineapple version. Went to my beer store and I was like, oh, I love me some pineapple. Like Juicy pineapple. Juicy pineapple. Um, there's just something about the pineapple add to this that you get that pineapple up front, but then it becomes like Hefeweizen like right after that makes it taste skunky almost. And then it fades and then you kind of get like that citrus like pineapple like off the back. And you're like, okay, this isn't that bad, but it's literally, it's, oh, it's taking that sip and then be like, pineapple, oh, okay, now it's a half horizon. Okay, now it's pineapple. It's like a weird transitionary phase that when I'm drinking it, it tastes skunky. And I know it's not because this is brand, brand new. new. Like, it just came out. Like, I just got it. But there's like such a weird break it's, between the flavor profiles that it tastes off for like a quick couple seconds in the middle palate. It's not it's not a juicy pineapple. It almost has that freezer burnt kind of pineapple taste. It's kind of that Corona like gross beer taste. Like there's something that just doesn't work on like that middle part of it. Like I don't know I love the pomegranate. I love and I'm not just a f- the base grapefruit. Like, and I'm not a fan of the pomegranate, and I'm not a fan of the passion. The cher- oh, the, the cherry passion- wasn't. The, the cherry's ch- not bad. I'm not a big fan of the passion fruit, but I like the pomegranate a little bit more than just the grapefruit because it's like a it's special. It's a treat. I would probably i if I was going to rank these, I'd probably go grapefruit number one. High number one. Low number two, I'd probably go the cherry, then the pineapple, then the pomegranate, then the passion fruit. I don't know. I'm, I am drinking it from the bottle, so I'm wondering if maybe I had poured it out into a glass. And I, was getting I think it like tastes better scent. out. I think it tastes okay. better out of the bottle than it does. I poured it into a glass the first time I had it. I thought maybe I could just like smell more of like that Hefeweizen like spicy no, it's, wheat it's beer. Fake, like it would it's fake with... pineapple just really <laughs> pushed forward. Anyways, so guys, finalist. I don't. Right. I don't. That was I don't good. Know this that was gonna... good warm up for power rankings because that's what we're doing. I, All right. I don't, right. I, so I don't know. I, if this is going to be like. I don't want this to be like a full another episode discussion because. No. 
here's here's no, here's I, my I thing. Got, I, in my in my view, number I think number one really should be Wally West. Okay, that's a weird vote. So, and I think my pick of Shazam should be number ten because Shazam has been shown love, but he doesn't mm-hmm. get it on his own. He has to. See, always I have- would push. I, I was thinking Roy Harper was ten. Yeah, that was the like the honorary mention that we yeah. all kind of like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, give me on I, I, I think, I think Roy Harper would be number nine. So we'll let we'll let me go over the list again of everybody that has been mentioned. Uh, we got Kyle Rayner, Wally West, Renee Montoya, then you guys mentioned Batwoman, and then Roy Harper, Hawkgirl, uh, Powers, Nightcrawler, Shazam, uh, Multiple Man, Jamie Madrox, and then Tim Drake. My honestly, my top five. Would be Wally, Kyle, Tim, Hawk Girl, and Roy Harper. I think that would be my top five. And then, like, Roy, Renee Matoya. Because mm-hmm. Renee Matoya. She got that little bit of glimpse, and then they just didn't do anything with her. So it wasn't like she's had years of being around for them to just fuck her. Like they have those other characters. I don't know. That's just that's my. I guess that's my top six. At the end of the episode, I need you to now say birdhouse, so that way I can take out the episode. birdhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Triceratops. Who knows? A lot of work for Paul to do, but really fun for Chris and I to do. I don't know. For me, yes, it's top ten, but I don't know if I can put any of these characters above anybody else. Because I think there's characters, again, that I didn't even think about and consider. Because, yeah, I honed in on characters. But then you guys brought up other characters. I'm like, oh, yeah, like they haven't. I'm going to put the characters that I love and read and want to know more of and get more of above everybody else. But I don't know. I, I like Shazam as like that familial superhero. I like that. There's like these weird other characters that I don't know, but I get to know them through like the Captain Marvel lens. Like I, I kind of dig that. And that's what I really liked about, Watching Shazam, and that's why Paul, I was like, Paul number- listed like twelve superheroes. I think when he was doing his, picks yeah. but that's why like- I was like, at number ten is the the least screwed over people yeah. on the list. And that would be so. That's Shazam. why it's like number no, well, ten would be no. Well, he would be an honorable mention at this point because there's so many. We have more than ten on this list now. I I have no top ten list because. I just wish all of these characters had more time to show. Sorry, I think I'm sorry. Maybe that's how we leave it. Well, listeners, you let us know. You put it in order. I put it in the top six. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do agree that Tim Drake, Wally West, um, Hawkgirl, Neck, Neckcrawler deserve to be near the top. 
Kyle, I feel like, strong number six. He's in the middle of the list because he's, like, tier two because he had so many great books, like, throughout. But that, like, that's why he was my my number trying. three, because yeah. they keep trying, yeah. but they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renee Montoya, same thing, like, tier two. Um, even uh, J- Jamie Madrox, Multiple Man, the tier three, just because he's a tier three character... To start with, he's not an A-list character. Like, I like him because, I, you know. I would say, like, none of us picked A-list characters, though. Like, I, I think we were all, like, we all got the assignment. Green Lantern was Green Lantern. The Flash was the Flash. But even... They headlined even at their that point, like those for years. Those characters, though, like, Green Lantern and Flash aren't top tier, though. Like, I think, at best, okay. they might be... C or B level, um, they were part of the. They were part of the big seven, not you know part of the big three. No, they weren't Batman, Wonder Woman, and uh, yeah, but Superman. Kyle real, but they were big seven. Kyle wasn't like his Justice League experiences were like him going to the Justice League, being like, "How do I be a hero?" and having like an a, an issue with them. He wasn't really the Justice League's Green Lantern. And even while those guys had ongoing books, when they did have cartoons and they did have things, it wasn't Kyle Rayner showing up. It was Hal Jordan. It wasn't Wally. Yeah, it wasn't Wally West. It was Flash until Justice League Unlimited when it was Wally West. But Justice League Unlimited is also during the aughts. I, did that make it past 2010? No. Yeah. Right. So but it also, kinda... it only made, like, what? It made two seasons of Justice League and then two seasons of Justice League Unlimited. Like, it really didn't have a huge run. But it made a huge run in my heart. Yes. Much like I, is my, our listeners make a huge run in my heart. Uh, every time they write and review us, email us at bagboardcast at gmail.com. Maybe we'll post a story up on Instagram or something about this list, and, and hopefully you can sound off on the comments uh, below. Uh, 